amen. Come on, can we give God a great praise in this place this morning? Wow. What a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus, and the, the fact that we get to come here today in a church like this. And how many of you know this ain't T.C. Robertson or whatever today? How many of you know today this is the gathering church? We took over in the name of Jesus. We have come into this place, and we're declaring that his name is lifted high. And, and uh, I, my name is Mitch, and unfortunately, you don't get to hear from John Mark today. You got to hear from me. But how many of you love your pastors? Can we give him love and show love to him and Rael this morning? And I, I'm about to let you grab a seat, but as you do, let's just pray. Father, we just thank you this morning for what you're going to do in this room. God, we thank you for your spirit. We thank you for your presence. What a powerful name, the name of Jesus, the name above every name. And today we just invite your Holy Spirit right here into our lives and into our hearts to speak a word to us. God, we didn't come to check a box of religion today. We come to experience the presence of God. And so we just invite you, Lord, when we say have your way, do what only you can do in this place. God, I pray humbly, Lord, that you'll anoint this message to speak to different people in different places in their life, different ages, races, age groups today. God, wherever they are, God, I pray whatever they need, that you would speak to them the way that only you can and that your voice would be heard above mine through this sermon. And God, as we leave, and, and, and I, pray, we, I pray that when we leave, we leave changed and touched by you, ready to go into the week and to change the world and advance the kingdom in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said together a good amen. You guys can go ahead and grab a seat. God is going to do something great in here today. Uh, before I go into the message, which I'm going to be jumping into the series on the Beatitudes, uh, before we get into that, I just want to tell you what you have here is something special. To come into a place like this and have a team that's been here early setting up, and they'll be here late packing up, and but all of it is being done, rehearsals being done, kids ministry is being done to create a family of God, to gather around the name of Jesus, around the hope of Jesus, and to bring hope to this community. And uh, it's been a joy and a privilege to get to know John Mark. How many of you know he's a fun guy? Can I get a good amen? He is. If you don't know him, I hope you get the opportunity to get to know him and Rael. They're a blast. And, uh, and we just love them so much. And what you have here is truly uh, a move of God. And, uh, and God is not finished. He has so many great things in store. And I love getting to hear about what God is doing here in this community through your church. But today, uh, I have the great privilege and honor to jump right into the book of Matthew. So if you have a Bible, I'm going to open mine to Matthew chapter 5. And, uh, and you guys have been reading in this book of Matthew from this greatest sermon, from the greatest preacher that ever preached. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. And in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus jumps right into just preaching on this mountain to his disciples and his believers. And he begins to preach this sermon and talk about these blessings that we can have in our life. And, and John Mark has read a few of those and, and preached a few of those to you. And today I get the privilege of bringing uh, Matthew chapter 5 and verse 6. And that scripture says this, Matthew chapter 5 and verse 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. Somebody say hunger. hunger. And y'all help me preach now and say thirst. thirst. Hunger and thirst for righteousness. And it's those words, hunger and thirst, that we're going to talk about today for righteousness. And here's the promise. If we will hunger and if we will thirst for righteousness, which means the right things, for, the right, for what God says is right, righteousness, then God promises that we will be satisfied. And today, I believe that God wants to satisfy our souls. Um, hunger and thirst, 
uh, in the Bible are mentioned multiple times because many people don't realize it, but we have this condition in our soul that is hungry and thirsty and it has these desires. And I'm going to kind of walk you through that. But before we get into that, has anybody in life ever not been satisfied? Have you ever had a moment in life where you were just dissatisfied? where you felt like, I'm not, I'm, this is, it was not what I expected it to be. Uh, how many of you know there's this thing going on in our nation right now called inflation, huh? Come on, we can have prayer afterwards. If you don't know, come talk to me, I'll explain it to you. I've got three kids, and, and we feel it at the grocery store, we feel it at the gas pump, and we feel it when we go out to eat. And the other day, Whitney and I, we went out to eat together. We just had a, a moment where all the kids were in school, and it was just, I didn't have anything going on, and we were able to connect and go grab lunch, and we went to the local Panera Bread. And when we went in, I ordered my favorite, you know, chicken sandwich and, and, and a little bowl of broccoli and uh, cheddar soup, like I always do. And Whit- I said, Whitney, what are you going to get? And she said, I'm going to just get the mac and cheese. I said, Whitney, mac and cheese ain't a meal. That's a side. Come on. You know what I'm talking about. And she's like, no, I'm going to get the mac and cheese for the meal. I like it here. And I was like, I looked at the menu and the menu said a bowl of mac and cheese, $7.99. How many of you know that's a little different? And... I said, well, for that price, I guess it is a meal. Surely they give you so much mac and cheese for $7.99 that it, you know, you're going to leave here and you're going to be satisfied. And then they, they called our number and, and we went up to the, to, to the little place to grab the, the food. And when we did, you know, she grabbed her bowl of mac and cheese and I looked inside of that bowl and it was about 70% air and 30% food. You know what I mean? They had just a little mac and cheese in the bottom. And I began to just look at her and I say, I know you're dissatisfied. I know you're not happy. And she said, I think I'm going to have to stop and get a second meal somewhere else. But, but like what, what they're doing now is what, instead of dropping the price, they're just lowering what they give you so that they can make a profit with inflation. And if you, I remember I used to put just like $50 in the, in the tank. Now it's like $70. And it, it, when I put $50 in, how many of you know the pump? At the pump, the, my tank is not satisfied. And there's a lot of things in life right now where we're not satisfied. We're not getting what we want. We're not getting what we desire. We feel like the, the, that we're empty. We feel like we're, we're not, you know, we don't, we don't know how to be satisfied. And, and, and honestly, I believe in life, that's not just something we see with our bank account that might not be satisfied, with our bills we may not be satisfied, with our marriage we may not be satisfied, in our mental health we may not be satisfied. Sometimes we go to work and we're not satisfied. We get a paycheck and we, we're not satisfied. We look around and we say, man, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm hungering and I'm thirsting for something, but I'm missing something. I'm missing. And I believe what you're missing is honestly something. It's not the desires of the flesh. It's the desires of the spirit. Now, I don't know if you know this, but you are not a human being on a, on a spiritual journey. That's a big popular thing right now is I'm spiritual. I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual. But you're not a human being on a spiritual journey. You're actually a spiritual being on a human journey. At your core, at your deepest, the deepest part of you, the things that really want to be satisfied, more than anything, you don't need more money. You don't need a a, a bigger house. You don't need a, a larger paycheck. You don't need more popularity and more influence and more likes on Facebook. We, you can get more of that. And there are people who have plenty of influence and plenty of finances and plenty of boats and plenty of everything. And yet they're still somehow not satisfied because at the end of the day, the deepest part of you that looks for satisfaction is not out here physically. It's somewhere deeper inside of you spiritually. And you are a spiritual being that is on this journey. And when Jesus began to speak and he began to preach, he began to teach us how to live from the inside out instead of from the outside in. 
The reason that Jesus came and he kind of changed everything and flipped the script on the Pharisees is because always religion until Jesus, it addressed the outside behavior, but it couldn't touch the heart. And God was always after the heart. He was after something deeper. He wanted us to figure out how to walk through life with our cup full and overflowing instead of walking around trying to have other people to fill our cup. And so there's some way to live that Jesus is saying where you hunger and thirst for the right things, for righteousness. And he says, if you'll have those hungers, if you'll have that thirst for what is right, then I will satisfy your life and you won't be empty anymore. You won't be dissatisfied. I wonder today if your soul is satisfied. I wonder today if you've settled some things in your soul and and you know that God is satisfying those, those things that you need. Things like purpose. Things like knowing that your life is making a difference. I wonder if you found freedom in your soul. And deeper, no matter what this world offers, you know that inside God has set you free. And who the sun sets free is free indeed. I wonder if in your soul you know that you have value and you've settled those insecurities so you're satisfied. Or are you still seeking something? Are you still walking day to day? I know I find myself in this balance where as a pastor, Sometimes even I find myself feeling like I'm empty and I've begun to satisfy, to try to satisfy my soul the wrong places. Let me explain to you a little bit about how God has wired you and designed you. There's three parts of you. You, Just like God is one, we have the Trinity, one God, but he's three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. When God designed us, he made us in a Trinity. We have the outermost part of us. We We have three parts of us. I'll start with the innermost part, which is the Spirit. You are a spirit. You have a spirit. It is, there is a spiritual part of you. It's the part of you that's like God. When the Bible tells us that God breathed into the nostrils of Adam, the breath of life in Genesis, in that moment, the spirit came alive. And so it's the innermost part of you. It's the part of you that's like God, and it's the part that is God-breathed. In the Bible, it's the word pneuma. It's this breath of God that we are given that makes us different from any other creation, that we are spiritually eternal, It's the part of us that lasts forever. Our spirit will last beyond our body. Our spirit goes beyond this life. And our spirit is what is, is what longs to be born again. When we are, when we are purchased by Jesus through the blood, the Bible says that our spirit comes back alive. We're born not of the flesh, but of the spirit. And, and that's what happens. Our spirit, that breath of God that the enemy has choked out of us, Jesus comes and he revives us. He breathes on us. The Holy Spirit breathes new life into us and we become a new creation. This is the deepest part of you that needs to be revived through an, an encounter with Jesus. It's the part of you that can become free. It's the part of you that can be perfect. You are not perfect physically, but your spirit can be made perfect in Christ. But then there's this outer, that's the deepest part of you, your spirit, but there's an outer part of you. It's the part that we can see today. It's the part that you looked at in the mirror this morning. It's the physical part of you that you can touch and feel, that you can try to improve. It's the flesh. The Bible calls it the body, the flesh. And it is this physical expression of who you are that's made of matter, that's made of molecules, that's made of DNA. It's made up and we can see it and it grows old and it will not last forever. And it is fading away. This body is temporary, but it's the part that you identify as this is who I am. But it's really... It's really the most external part of who you're made to be. And lastly, there's a part between your spirit. You are a a triune being. You have a spirit. And then we see your body, the outermost part of you. But then there's a part in the middle. 
There's this part that's of you that is stuck in between your spirit and in between your body. And that is where your mind is. That is where your emotions are. That is where what the, the Old Testament often refers to as the heart of a person. It's not your spirit, it's your heart, it's your mind, it's your will, it's your emotions. And it is, it, it, it's stuck somewhere between your body and between your spirit. And your soul is always leaning, either it's either leaning toward and feeding on the flesh or your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, this middle part of you, it is leaning towards your spirit. And the enemy will consistently, the Bible tells us we have this enemy that wants to tempt and, and, and test us. And he will constantly try to pull you toward your flesh. He will constantly try to pull you through temptation, through, through the gates of the eyes and the ears. He will try to pull you and lure you away. He will actually try to bait you in to believing that you need to fulfill the desires of your life by feeding the desires of the flesh. And if the enemy can get you to feed on the flesh and to lean toward the body, then what you'll do is you'll consume things in this world and you will consume things through your eyes and through your ears and you'll let those gates begin to get into your soul and you'll starve your spirit. Has anybody ever walked through a season of life where your spirit was starving? where you, you're, you're filling your body with everything that it wants. You're giving your body this outward expression of who you are, this physical manifestation. It's so easy to feed the flesh. And it, it, we, we can easily look at somebody who maybe is struggling with an addiction and go, oh, they're, 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 they're not living in the spirit. But how many times do we keep our minds and our brains and our souls and our hearts and our emotions fixated on social media? And we scroll and we scroll and we look for something to entertain us because we don't want to actually take time to pray in the spirit. How many times do we, we should have picked up the Bible, but instead we picked up the remote and we went to Netflix and we've watched everything and, and we watch it and we watch it. And then after Netflix, we get an Amazon Prime account. And then from there, we go over to Hulu and we find out that there's nothing to satisfy there. Come on, somebody. And we go to the next subscription and we go to the next social media platform and we go to the next post and we go to the next event and we go and we, and we try all these different things in the physical through the eyes and the ears and through the physical gates. And we try to, what we're really doing often and what so many people that are lost are doing is we're searching and we're seeking to try to satisfy our spirit through things in the flesh. And our soul is saying, but our mind is saying we need more. Our mind is saying that, our, our, our heart is saying, the soul inside of us realizes that there's nothing in the flesh that can truly satisfy the things of the spirit. And we have an appetite, and that's what Jesus is speaking to. Which appetite is ruling your life? The fact is that your soul, your mind, your emotions, your heart has an appetite. And this thing in the middle of you, it should be feeding on the things of God. Your soul in the middle should be leaning toward the spirit. It should be, when we're walking with Jesus, we should be leaning into prayer, leaning into worship, leaning into serving our God-given purpose, feeding on the spirit. That's why when you fast physically, it impacts your spirit. Because you're saying, I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna just go to the buffet of the earth and I'm not just gonna feast on the things of the world, but instead I'm gonna learn how to give up the things over here that I find pleasure in so that I can find pleasure in God. 
And that's why the Bible teaches us that fasting for a season, it teaches us to lean on the Spirit. It teaches us to lean into prayer. It teaches us to lean into worship. And I'm just asking today, what are you hungry for? What are you thirsty for? Are you really thirsty for more over here physically? Or is it possible that some of the things that you're hungry for in life will only be satisfied through Jesus? That there are some things in your life that only Jesus can answer. There are some hungers and some thirsts that only God can satisfy. You're not going to find your satisfaction over here in the world. You're going to find it not in the flesh, but in the spirit. And whatever you feed into your life is what will lead your life. If you feed on the things of the flesh, the flesh will lead your soul. Let me give you an example. My counselor recently walked me through this. Yes, I said I have a counselor. How many of you know pastors are jacked up too? Can I get a good amen? amen. Your, your, your pastor has a counselor as well. We share the same counselor. Pray for that man. <laughs> but I was recently talking to my counselor and he began to say, Mitch, you seem like you're in such a, a, so much of a better place than you were three or four years ago. And I said, well, well, thank you. And he began to say, well, I want to walk you through something that I've seen God do in your life. And he began to talk to me about how there's these three pieces of me. And he said, and, it, and they're all interlinked. He said, when you have fear in your spirit, because fear is something that attacks your spirit. And he talked about that deepest part of you, when at the depth of you, you operate in a place of fear. What it does is that fear will get over into your soul. And that's where your mind is. And fear in your spirit will lead to worry in your mind. So when I have fear deep down inside, fear that people will reject me, fear that my life doesn't matter, when in my spirit I'm not satisfied, I'm not hungering and thirsting for the right things, when deep inside I've, I'm feeding on fear instead of feeding on faith, that fear that I'm feeding on in my spirit will lead to worry that I'll feed on in my mind. And those fears become worries, and that worry in my mind will show up as anxiety in my body. And so because I'm feeding my spirit the wrong thing, then it actually, I'm hungering and thirsting, but I'm hungering and thirsting, and I'm fulfilling those desires, not through faith and righteousness and the right things, but instead through insecurities and fears. All of a sudden, I find myself worried. Does anybody in this room worry more than you should? because you're afraid of things that God should have settled in our spirit. And then what happens? We have anxiety in our body and we begin to get nervous and we have people, we have, I've had panic attacks at times of, over issues that I could have settled. If I would have had faith in my spirit, then I would have had peace in my mind and peace in my mind would have showed up as strength in my body. But instead, I didn't feed and hunger and thirst for the right things. I didn't, I didn't trust God. And, and that word righteousness, if you look it up, it's so simple. I tried to figure out when it says hunger and thirst for righteousness. As I prepared to come and speak to you guys today, I was like, well, I can explain hunger and thirst. I know what it's like to be hungry. Anybody ever been hangry? Come on. My wife tells me all the time, you need to check yourself <laughs> because you, you need to go get something to eat. And, and I understand hunger. I understand thirst. I've been thirsty. But when I looked at that word righteousness, I wanted to make sure I understood what am I hungry and thirsty for? And I went to three or four different definitions in the Greek and tried to understand it so that I could, so that I could, you know, really come here today and preach a message and go, you know what righteousness means in the Greek? Guess what it means? Being right with God. It's so simple. 
So when I'm hungry and thirsty for the right things, it just means I'm, I wanna be on the right page with God. It means if it's not what God wants for me, then I don't want it. And whatever God says, I trust. And, and God, I say, well, you're right and I'm wrong. So I'm hungering and thirsting for what you say is right in my life. And he says, don't have a spirit of fear, have a spirit of faith. And he says, don't be insecure, know that you're valued. And so I come to know that righteous, hungering and thirsting for righteousness isn't to be, righteousness isn't I'm better than these heathens out in the world, I'm righteous. No, the righteousness that Jesus is talking of is hungering and thirsting just to know that you know what, me and God are right. I'm on the right page, I'm in the right step, I'm following God's word. But when you feed on the flesh, what you do is you famish your spirit. And when you famish your spirit, it kills your soul. Can I get a good amen right there? David said this in the Bible. In Psalm 63 and one, he said, God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. And so there is this idea, even all the way back to David, that you have a soul. Your mind is thirsty for God. Your mind is thirsty for God's word. I know you just think you have a physical thirst and you think that you may have a, a physical hunger, but there is a such thing as a soul thirst, a hungering in your spirit to where you desire to live for God. And it says, if I don't have you, I faint. It says that it's like I'm in a dry and weary land where there is no water. And so many of us, we ask, why am I never satisfied? Why am I always going to the next thing? Why do I run to the next, you know, the next person to satisfy me or the next place to satisfy me? Why do I run from this church to that church to satisfy me? Why do I run from this hobby to that hobby or from this bar to this bar or wherever it is? Some of us, we run from this, this diet to the next diet, from this plan to the next plan. We run from this job to that job. We run from, we, we, can, we can move in life and we can keep moving and moving and never really be satisfied. And David is saying that if I'm ever really truly going to be satisfied, it won't be out here physically. It's a soul thirst. It's something inside of me that's hungry for more. And I've come to tell you today that Jesus satisfies. And if you don't know that, give it a try. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. I, I encourage you today to trust that God can satisfy your soul. And you might be saying, how do I change? Okay, I get it, preacher. You've made the point. I have these spiritual desires that if they're not satisfied, I will try to fill those desires with things of the flesh. But how do I change? How do I move beyond where I am and actually begin to desire the things of God? How do I hunger for more prayer? When I pray, it's boring. How do I hunger for worship? I don't even like the songs. How do I, how do I, how do I hunger to read the Bible and thirst for God and thirst for his word when I read it and I go, I don't understand it? I wanna help you with that because that's how I was for a long time. The preacher said pray and I prayed and I felt like my prayers hit the ceiling. My youth pastor said, come and worship, and I'd go worship, and I felt like I was weird, and I felt like I didn't, you know, I, I can't sing. How many of you know you got to leave singing to the right people? And I tried to sing, and I said, Lord, if, any, Lord, if you hear this, it will not be pleasing in your ears. And I tried to read the Bible, and I, and I, and I had a King James Bible because I was down in Alabama. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And they said, King James only, and I, I tried to read that thing, and I didn't know who was thee and who was thou, and thus, and 
I was lost and I, I didn't understand it. So I began to not desire, I began to not desire the things of God because I didn't understand the things of God. And then I found myself going through a religious outward experience, but not having an internal transformation. And I want to tell you that I've found the, I think I've found a way that you can begin to hunger and thirst and you can begin to have your desires change. And I think David understood it when he wrote this in Psalm 37. The Bible lays out a plan for God to change our desires and to help us to hunger and thirst for the right things. Psalm 37 in verse three says this, trust the Lord and do good. Can somebody say trust? That's the first thing. If you're gonna begin to hunger and thirst for the right things, even when you don't understand the Bible, even when worship seems a little awkward, even when you pray and it feels like God didn't hear you, the first step to hungering and thirsting for righteousness, I believe is this, this is process, is to trust the Lord. To say, God, I don't understand, but I trust that you'll show me. God, I'm worshiping and I don't feel you, but I trust that this worship, you hear it. God, I trust that I'm at church today and I feel like I'm the only one that's going through this battle, but I trust that I'm here because you, because you told me you would meet me here. Trust that in this moment right now, whether you feel like God is here or not, that he is. Trust that when you pray, he hears you, whether you see a change or not. The first thing you do is you don't quit. You trust the Lord and you continue to do good. The second thing it says is dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Let's say this together. Say faithfulness. Faithfulness. First you trust and then you say, God, I'll be faithful. I love that it says cultivate faithfulness. It's not a one-time prayer. It's not a one-time raising of the hand and putting it down. It's not a one-time of filling out a card. It's a cultivation of daily faithfulness. One day at a time, God, I trust you, and then I will cultivate faithfulness in my life. And the way that you begin to see your spirit be satisfied is you just keep showing up. That's what faithfulness is. You make a commitment. I'm not gonna be at church one time a month. Come on, I'm preaching now. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna just, I'm not just gonna just do this one time. I'm not gonna miss small group or, or community group. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not gonna just read once or, you know, I'm not just gonna be here Christmas, Easter, read my Bible every now and then, but you begin to cultivate faithfulness by continuing in the process. And so as you begin to do these things, as you trust God, you dwell in his, dwell in the land means be among God's people and you cultivate faithfulness. The next thing is the most important part. In verse four, it says, delight yourself, delight yourself in the Lord. And then he makes a promise. He will give you the desires of your heart. In this thing that we call Christianity, in this, this thing of following Jesus, there are some parts and responsibilities that you play. And there are some responsibilities that God has. Your responsibility in this scripture is that you delight yourself in the Lord and his responsibility is that he will give you new desires in your heart. That scripture doesn't mean if you delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you everything you desire. That's not what it says. This is a different kind of church here. We're not a prosperity gospel church. We're here to tell you that if you delight yourself in God, God will give you new desires. 
And so today, if you say, I struggle to desire to read the word, I struggle to go to church, I struggle to give financially, I struggle to serve, I struggle, it's just not natural. Worship doesn't feel right to me. Prayer is hard for me. Here's what you do. You just increase your proximity. You get closer to God. And as you get closer by delighting yourself in the Lord, he begins to change the desires in your heart. Let me teach you something today. Proximity creates passion. And what this is saying is if you'll begin to delight yourself in the Lord, God will begin to change the desires of your heart. So many times we try to change so that we can then delight ourselves in God. When if we would begin by delighting in God, God would begin to change us. And so don't get it twisted. Don't think that one day I'm going to delight in you, God. One day I'm going to receive your love. But first, let me change my desires. Right now I desire these things. No, just begin today to receive the love of God, to receive the love of the Father, to receive the grace of Jesus. Delight in forgiveness. Delight in mercy. Delight in his presence. And when you delight in those things, your desires will change. And so begin by delighting yourself in God. Begin by saying, I love to be, you know, begin by saying, I I thank you, God, for what you've done for me. And when you begin to receive it, let him just open up your heart today and say yes to delighting in the Lord. No matter what you did last night, no matter what your past is like, no matter, no matter who, what people think of you or they've said about you, if today you'll just say, I trust you, Lord, I'm going to cultivate faithfulness, I'm going to keep showing up, and then I'm going to increase my proximity to you. I'm going to get closer. Then when you get closer to God, you begin to get passionate about the things that God is passionate about. Because proximity creates passion. Listen, I, I never really cared much about fishing. I never really cared much about, uh, about the Western ways of cowboys. You know, I, I saw John Wayne growing up and Clint Eastwood and all that, but, but I grew up in the 90s. Come on, how many of you know Michael Jordan was my guy? You know what I mean? I was more into the Jordan phase. Strap up some sneakers. And then all of a sudden, somebody invited me a few years ago to go out to a place called Montana, on a, on a ranch called Yellowstone. No, I'm just kidding, but I wish (laughs) something like that. And they put me in a boat and they floated me down and put a fishing rod in my hand. And all it took was me catching one fish and I was hooked. Come on. How many of you know that fish caught me? And the next thing you know, I'm shopping for cowboy, uh, Western gear and buying Columbia, you know, uh, shirts and wearing uh, shirts with ducks on them. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's, I, I, I got close to these group, this group of guys who are out there fishing and hunting and, 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 and having fun. And, and all of a sudden, the wilderness took a hold of me, and I, I found this wild side in my heart. And, you know, then now I'm taking fishing trips every year, and, and I'm, I went home and bought a fly rod. How many of you know it's still sitting over in the closet? But I bought it. You know what I'm saying? And a pair of boots, and I'm breaking them in. Because when you get close to something, it gets, it gets close to you. You know how that is. And it it, it takes hold of you. And I'm telling you today that if you'll just stop putting God at arm's length, if you'll just draw close to him, he'll begin to to change your desires. And you'll find yourself saying, I'm not hungry for what's in this life. I'm not hungry for more money in the bank. I'll take it, but that's not what I'm hungry for. I'm not hungry for more fans. I'm not hungry for a bigger following. I'm not hungry for more people to give me a pat on the back. I'm not, you won't walk into the room hungry and, 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 and thirsty for somebody to see you and looking for some, some affirmation. You'll walk into the room with your back kind of bowed and, and you'll just know that you've already got your cup is full. You've already been satisfied because you're not feeding on things of this world. You're feeding on things of the spirit.
And so if you'll go to God first and you'll go to God most, God will fulfill the hungers and the thirst of your spirit. The promise in that scripture is if you will be hungry and you will be thirsty for the right things, for the things of God, that he will satisfy the longings of your soul. And your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions won't be running off of the things of the flesh, off the things of this world. Because you can get to the bottom of the bottle and the bottle is dry. You can get to the, the, you can have everything, you can get to the top of the mountain and if you found out you climbed the wrong mountain in life. But if you'll lean into the spirit and you'll seek the things of God, I believe that he'll satisfy you. Let's stand to our feet here as we get ready to pray and, and we're gonna sing here in just a moment. And I wanna read you this last scripture. Now, these are not my words. These are the words of Jesus. Jesus said this to his disciples in John chapter six, verse 35. He said, I am the bread of life. Wait a minute. I thought bread was over at 12 bones. I thought bread was, I thought, I thought the bread was over at the bakery. No, the real bread of life is Jesus. And whoever comes to me, watch this. I don't know what you've been hungry for in life, but if you'll switch your hungers to the, to the spirit, he says, if whoever comes to me shall never hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. And so today, maybe you're, you need to be satisfied. Maybe you've been living in that fear and that fear has been turning into worry and that worry has showed up as anxiety in your life. Today, you don't have to live that way. Your soul can be satisfied because Jesus satisfies. He is the bread of life. You can have this promise that you never have to be hungry. You never have to be thirsty again. And I've seen John Mark and I walk through this together. And then when we walk into a room, people don't get it, do they? What is wrong with these guys? They're so happy. And they're pastors. They're supposed to be miserable. You're supposed to be the, the, the you know, not having a good time. And we walk in and we're just... We're satisfied. Our life is full. And I believe that God wants to do that for every one of us in this room. And so with every eye closed and every head bowed together in this moment, I just invite the Holy Spirit right now to add to, to the words that were shared. Jesus, you know what each and every person needs. Some of us today, we need to make a decision to follow you. Some of us, we need to draw that line in the sand and say, I'm not going back. I have decided to follow Jesus and I will not turn back. And there's those of us who've been on the fence about that. <clears throat> and today, if that's you, and you can hear the sound of my voice, whether you're in this room or you're watching online, I wanna give you an opportunity just to say yes to Jesus. Don't try to delight, don't, don't, start, don't start with trying to change your desires. Begin right now by receiving his love and his mercy. Delight yourself in the Lord. Receive his love. Receive. Some of you, you're lacking a father in your life. The voice of the father right now is saying, I see you, child. I love you. And he wants to pour out his love on you in a way right now that only the love of a father can, a heavenly father. Some of you right now, God just wants to speak over some wound and he wants to say right now, I can, I can if you'll give it to me, if you'll just put it into my hands, I'll take it. I can heal it. And so right now, this moment, whatever it is that you need from God, 
whether it's salvation or it's just to take your next step of faith, I wanna pray with you and say, God, we receive your grace. We receive your mercy. We receive your healing. God, we pray, God, right now, you would do that in our lives, what we cannot do. You will fill the desires that we cannot satisfy in this world. Lord, would you just let your Holy Spirit begin to satisfy our souls, God. God, we trust that Jesus is the Son of God. He is the Savior. He is the bread of life. And God, today we feast on, that, that, on, on what he has to give, God. We put our attention toward him. We seek you. We lift up your name, Jesus, above every other name in our life, above every, every other thing in this life, every other desire. Give us a fresh hunger and a fresh thirst, Lord. God, right now, give us a fresh hunger and a fresh thirst, God, for you and for the things of your, uh, that you desire in our lives. God, we lay, down it all, we lay it all down right now. And Jesus, we just receive your love and mercy, and we walk out of this place full knowing that you have done what you could do. And we trust it in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said together a good amen. Come on, can we put our hands together for what God is doing in this place this morning?